expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. And because of the wonderful and powerful love and grace of our Heavenly Father, not so much because of us, but because of Him, we are entitled to overcome. Welcome to the show. Show number two. Hi, Dave. Hey, Monty. Hey, what's happening? Dave Fleming uh, is uh, really the one that uh, this this was his idea, this uh, whole show on uh, exploring solutions for life today. And uh, he is director and clinical supervisor for the outpatient treatment services of Adult and Teen Challenge Pacific Northwest. And he's in the studio with us every week talking about solutions for life today. Today. Today is the day. Today is the day. You when do you want to change? Today. 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 Not tomorrow. That, that's right. Uh, and so uh, we thought we'd have a little fun, kind of an, an icebreaker before we get into today's show. By the way, the topic today is what's next, Dave? What's next? What's next? It's, what's next? It's kind of easy, you know. Yeah. What's the next? only thing you have to change is everything. And then... What's next after that? Yeah, because how many right. of us were told that, and then they just people just walked away, and they're just like, "What? What?" Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that, right? right? Yeah, yeah, amen. So, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of ideas about where the world's headed today, and uh, you know, things are kind of broken and kind of a mess, and you know, politically, spiritually, and everything. And so sometimes we can forget about Rule 62, not taking yourself too doggone seriously, and we get too caught up in just crazy stuff. So why not have fun with it, right? Have some fun. For sure, for okay, sure. What, so, do you, what do you got? What do you got? Well, here we go. Dun, dun, dun. And now, are you paranoid? <gasps> They're after me. Are you scared? <laughs> are you worried about every little thing? <laughs> oh, no. Well, maybe it's time to have some fun Ooh. with conspiracy Corner. That's right. So I've got two great conspiracies for you. I mean, if you're going to have a conspiracy, you might have fun with it, right? Sure, sure. sure. All right, so here's the first one. Just, be- <laughs> just because it's a conspiracy doesn't mean it's not true. It might be. And I'm sure this one is. Uh, Robert Kardashian. Okay, now he's he's the attorney that was very heavily involved in the OJ OJ Simpson trial and all that, and uh, he has he has passed away. Um, maybe, maybe Robert Kardashian and Ted Cruz, who which was a candidate for president, right? They're actually the same person. 
They're the same person, Dave. Did you know that? I did not. Yes, that's right. Um, so uh, out there website, wellaware1.com, believes that Robert Kardashian never died but faked his death and changed his identity to Ted Cruz. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. Are you asking, Dave? And why did he do that, I'm Monty? glad you <laughs> So he could enjoy a successful political career and not have to deal with those women anymore, the Kardashian Ooh. women. Uh-oh. Makes sense, right? <laughs> so in case you're wondering, Ted Cruz is actually Robert Kardashian. That's our first conspiracy. Okay. All right? Uh, and for those that aren't aware, because if you go on the street today and ask, a lot of people don't even know who Ted Cruz is. Uh, he's an, he was the American politician and attorney serving uh, uh, as the junior United States senator from Texas uh, from 2013. And by the way, if you didn't know, just for those of you who are uninformed, he was a candidate for Republican nomination for president of the United States in 2016. Just so you know. Interesting. There are people that don't know these things. And that's conspiracy and now you also. do. All right, so here, here's the really yummy one. Okay. This is just let's, great. Let's hear it. Give it to us. Um, WND stands for World Net Daily. It is a publication, online publication, and a newspaper. Uh, well, World Net Daily, Selena Owens, she's the editor, believes that the Ice Bucket Challenge, remember the Ice Bucket Challenge? I think I saw this one yesterday. Yeah, is an attempt to recruit Satanists. She sees <laughs> the challenge as a means to baptize unknowing participants into Satanism and believes that the celebrities who participate, like Oprah and Lady Gaga, are the ones who lead the recruitment process. Yeah. So I did the Ice Bucket Challenge, you know, is the, the you know, Lou Gehrig's disease thing. Well, I, I did that it. That explains it. I did it right out here and I guess I was baptized into Satanism and I didn't even know I was. That's what's wrong with me, Dave. Yeah. I think that's 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 a little bit of a reach. Don't you think? Yeah. You know, now I have my own opinions about Oprah Winfrey, but they don't go to that extreme. Uh, I probably won't go see Wrinkled in Time because seeing Oprah as a goddess of the universe, that's kind of creepy. Um, but I don't think she's leading a march to baptize people into Satanism through uh, ice bucket challenges. I, I, I just don't think. But maybe maybe she is. Well, maybe it's true. You're experiencing your own wrinkle in time. That's right. Just look in the mirror. <laughs> look in the mirror. So there you go. There's uh, there's our conspiracy corner. What do you think, Dave? No, not bad. Not yeah, bad. Not bad? Yeah. Yeah. So don't take yourself I can't, to... <laughs> can't wait till the next one. <laughs> Tune well, in next week. Well, Monday, I'm going to give you a hint. On mm. Monday's show, Conspiracy Corner will be featuring uh, the song by Don McLean called American Pie. And uh, it actually predicts the satanic communist overtake of America. But you don't get to know how it does that until Monday's show. Oh, come on. Yeah. So you got to wait. Just give us a little you got, hint. You got <laughs> to wait till Monday's show. Uh, so what's going on, Dave? We got we uh, we we've got some a couple emails that you're gonna answer. We got a topic today. Uh, what's going on on uh, entitled to overcome this week? Well, uh, just kind of want to f- 
follow up and and maybe the natural progression or maybe unnatural. Yeah. Uh, uh, tap book is uh, what's next. And so, what is next, Dave? You know, we talked about uh, the only thing you have to change is everything, right? Right. And so, uh, once once that process happens, you know, where do we go from here? So last week we kicked off the show by by uh, talking about the recovery process from our last drink or drug uh, to how we get started. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mine started when I was sitting in sitting in the, the jail cell, uh, and, and after uh, de being in detox for a few days. Uh, so, you know, go back to uh, review a little bit from last week. Uh, you know, all we have to change is everything. You know, you can yep. you can use the great acronym ACE. You know, we can ACE this, right? All we need to do is change everything. Or, or, or you're a flying ACE, Dave. You know, like Snoopy. Yeah. Yeah, the Red Baron. Okay, never mind. Yeah, but he didn't. He, he he didn't really go anywhere. No, he just sat on top he of went his there dog in his house. imagination. Sat on his doghouse. Yeah, it's good to have some imagination. You gotta you gotta picture yourself yeah. being successful in recovery. So I guess you know. I mean, we sit in a studio and sit behind microphones that don't really work, pretending like we're on a show. Oh, wait a minute, we are on a show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a conspiracy theory. Too. Yeah, okay. All right, so ACE is all you have to change is everything. Right. So we talk, talked about changing negative behaviors into positive ones and adding good things that feed us spiritually, yeah. such as service work, health, healthy hobbits, connecting with sober supporters, et cetera. Did you just say healthy hobbits? Healthy hobbies. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I talk a little fast <laughs> and don't enunciate my words. That's okay. Uh, my wife tells me I mumble a lot, so that's probably... Oh, yeah, I get that, too. Probably kind of, you know... Right, it, right. It fits in with that. Sometimes my, I talk too fast. So let's slow down. So what's next, Dave? So what's next? What do you do when you ha- after you have your plan in place to change everything? Uh, so look, let's look at a, a sample of a plan. So after... Leaving jail or treatment, you know, what's the first thing uh, you're going to do? And hopefully this happens uh, if you're able to do this before you leave jail or, or, or uh, oftentimes you can do this before you leave treatment is making a point of finding local support groups uh, near your home, work, and school, uh, not just near your home. Yeah. Because oftentimes we need a meeting in the middle of the day or, you know, we're Pressures at work or right. coworkers are irritating us or whatever it is we're you know that's bugging us that we know we need to work on change. Uh, it's good to slip in and catch a meeting where you can. And there's uh, you know with modern technology we've got smartphones. Uh, just about everyone's got smartphone uh, in their pocket, uh, which you know otherwise known as a, a mini computer or they got a computer at home. Sure, uh, things like that. Well, most people do, You're but right. there are people that. Do not believe it or not, right? Yeah, that th- don't have there to, are there, you know, right. uh, I because I hear it all the time. Well, just go online. I don't, I don't do online, right? Yeah, well, look, look on your smartphone. I don't do my smartphone when I mm-hmm. hand out business cards for the shows. Some people they don't do that, right? So then what do you do? Well, it's and that's and that's where the uh, the willingness to do whatever it takes, you know, yeah, in this process, the only thing you have to change is everything. You know, I know I used to come up with all kinds of excuses. Why I can't do something. Don't have a ride. <laughs> Nobody loves me. <laughs> Don't have a computer. Right. 
So uh, this comes up uh, quite often too, especially the you know with with uh, people coming through uh, treatment programs and they've kind of you know <laughs> they've been they've exhausted every option they have. They're homeless and everything is uh, has been. Um, is gone basically even family members or friends have kind of just said you know what you you know we've done what we can uh right you know, you're on your own now so uh i mean hopefully it doesn't get to that point but uh those are the people that don't have access to uh, either a computer or a smartphone uh you can go to your local library uh if you have family members or friends that uh, you can still connect with uh see if they'll let you uh stop over and use their computer or uh, smartphone. And ideally, like I said, uh, scheduling uh, or finding a schedule to put in place before you leave a treatment or any other facility is is probably better because typically if you don't leave, if you don't have something in place or at least a, somebody to connect with, um, it's hard to get motivated. Yeah. Especially if you know, if you're incarcerated and you get out and you're, you know, you're kind of already reeling from that experience. And, and uh, you bet it's like, OK, now I got to go and do all this other stuff. So it, you tend to get more motivated if you do it while, while you're in a positive frame of mind and, and willing to do something different. So one of the things that that, that we know, um, because this has really been studied very thoroughly, that people that that go to a some form of support meeting, recovery-focused gathering, as soon as they get out of jail, for instance, or if, if they've been in there for any length of time at all, whether it's a weekend or five years, right. um, or people that are coming out of in-house treatment, if they can get to a support system that day, that hour that they first get out their success rate just jumps right 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 it just jumps um but you know like me i wanted to go to burger king <laughs> and and right. my wife said no we're going to a meeting okay <laughs> um yeah. so i'm i'm a product of that i mean it, it did help it, it helped me kind of because you go into kind of a culture shock thing especially if you've been incarcerated or in treatment for a long period of time like a year program or even a 90-day program right right and you come out and it's like you're not really sure what's going on. The air looks weird. People look weird. You got to get into some support setting that day. And, and uh, what often happens uh, is, you know, if, I, <laughs> if I'm in a program for 90 days and I'm getting bombarded, you know, 12 hours a day or, or whatever the programming is, yeah, uh, whether it's you know, 30 days, 90 days, even, you know, and a year, especially, uh, I'm like, I get out and I'm like, I've just been doing this program for, for all these, you know, months, uh, or a year and I need a break. Right. Right. I want to just chill out. You maybe watch some Netflix or, you know, go have a burger. Right. There's something I wasn't able to do when I was, right. yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, God forbid, entertain the idea of, well, I didn't have a problem with marijuana. Now it's legal in Oregon, so maybe I'll go smoke a little pot. Yeah, and we're, I'm hearing that all the time. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, 
you leave treatment, that is the, the time that you need to step up your game because reality is, is that your recovery does not start until you leave a program. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's that, where the recovery that's happens where, out there, right. not in here. Yeah. You can get all you can get all your your tools for your tool belt, mm-hmm. you know, or your toolbox, uh, and you know you can be fired up, have a game plan. You can even have your relapse prevention plan with all your contacts and you know even a, a list of your meetings, but it doesn't do you any good unless you put it into practice. Sure, and so uh, doing so gives you that much more. Uh, success in in your in your uh, recovery journey, right? I mean, if you can take and plug in right away, you can see how all the stuff you learned out about in treatment kind of plays out in in uh, whatever meeting that you want to go to. Um, and there's a lot of different kinds. There's right. A, there's a lot of stuff out there. A lot of variations. So it. Typically, you know, a lot of people here, uh, either from the the old school of thinking is from either POs or courts or treatment centers, is uh, go to ninety meetings in ninety days. Right. Which uh, I think is a good thing. And and why do you why do you would you go to ninety meetings in ninety days, especially if if you've been treatment for ninety days or treatment for a year, right? Uh, if you're in a facility, you, you're kind of sheltered. I mean, it's a little easier to do a program when you're sheltered and you don't have all the impact of day-to-day routine bombarding you. Um, and the idea is to f- not only find meetings that you like, I think is is important, right? I go because I want to find ones that I like. Um, and you want to mix it up a little bit. You want to go to a, a step study meeting every night of the week. It's going to get boring. You're going to get you're gonna get burnt out and you're not going mm-hmm. to want to do it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, do some variations, you know, faith-based 12-step uh, groups uh, such as uh, Celebrate Recovery. You got NA, you got AA, you got DRA, which is Dual Recovery Anonymous, which uh, I think is helpful for people that sh- that may struggle with some mental health issues and uh, an addiction because... Uh, That's very common. <laughs> yeah. Right? Dual, dual diagnosis oh, yeah. is very common. So it's, yeah. it's a lot more common than you think, and a lot of times... Um, uh, people that go, you know, they're in AA or NA. Uh, if you talk about uh, the s- medications and struggled mental health issues, it, you know, it's not too many people issue talk about kind of yeah, thing. It's, yeah, they don't want. To and talk if you're about on that. medications, sometimes, uh, you know, people, you know, give, say, well, if you're you're not off all drugs and you're not sober, which is which is kind of nonsense. It is nonsense. You know, you have a chemical yeah. imbalance. You know, even if it's only temporary, maybe you need need something to get you past it. But it's a place because uh, I've I've had personal experience. I went to these meetings because I wanted to see what they're like, you know. And I was diagnosed with ADD, and I had, you know, depression when I got out of treatment. Right. So, you know, I I wanted to see what the options were out there, you know. And it was a meeting that that was available on a day that I needed a meeting. So I thought, hey, what the heck? And uh, it was great because you had people coming in there and talking about uh, how they're struggling with their their addiction and. Mm-hmm. triggers and and then their mental health which you know the two com- sometimes combat each other sure. or you know um and so having a place where you can actually talk about those things openly um is you know hugely beneficial for people so i'm going to i'm going to step out on a limb here sure. and i'm going to make a statement that 
may or may not be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you're going to a setting, a gathering, and somebody comes up to you and puts their bony finger in your face and says, you need to stop taking your medication. Because if you don't, you're not considered clean. You need to run. <laughs> you need to run. Or you can ask them for their, their medical license. You know, you know. can you show me your yeah. certificate? I mean, because right. there are people that will do that. I know a particular meeting where you go to this thing, and I am telling you, if you're on any mental health medication at all and they find out, they they can't they won't kick you out, but they'll make you feel very unwanted, and and you don't need to be there. Right. You just don't need to be there because we're dealing these days. Particularly, we have medicated assisted treatment, right? Yep. We have medicated assisted recovery, right? And whatever you think about that, pro or con, the deal of it, it is here, and it's probably not going away. Yeah, NA actually came out with a, a book. Uh, a few years ago that addresses this particular topic yeah, about uh, people that are, you know, uh, on medications uh, for various reasons. Yeah. And how, you know, I was taught that it's, you know, there's a purpose for everything, right? Sure. And so if you need to, you know, if you have high blood pressure, right? Right. <laughs> oftentimes you got to be on medication. You bet. And so... Someone to tell you that you have to stop taking your high blood pressure medicine is ridiculous. Right. Right. Or if you have blood clotting issues and, you know, taking blood thinners. So some of that is, is this kind of nonsense. Um, and you have to look at it, you know, it, it's, is that, is that really tied into the program or is this someone's personal view? Their opinion, not the program. And sure. so you can either, you can either just keep that, stuff to yourself because you know that and maybe that's the only meeting that you can go to. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say stop going to meetings because of it. But if you have an opportunity to find a different meeting, then by all means, I well, would, yeah, I would and go. I, so, so let me retract that. I mean, if it's the only meeting around, you need to go and just tell them, thank you very much. I'll consider that and just keep going. Uh, you know, but I mean, you know, in this area anyway, right here, there's like a meeting on every corner. I mean, there's there's just meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. Uh, there's just a, a wide variety. And I, I would just say it's really important to find your home group. Find a place that, that you feel like you can call home and plug into. Right. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You, you Just don't abandon it because one knucklehead comes up to you. And, right. Yeah, because then, then you might be worse off. Right. Right. So uh, so that's, D, you know, DRA. And we talked a little bit about the other, you know, AA and AA. So and then you also have Al-Anon. So uh, and Al-Anon addresses kind of the family issues, and it's like it, it, we all struggle with uh, people in our our family also that may be dealing with addiction. And yeah. So how do we? And sometimes coming from that perspective is helpful, not only in that, but to dealing with relationships, uh, speaker meetings, step studies, big book, basic text readings, topic meetings, great vibe meetings. Uh, Call up meetings and on and on, uh, and then there's also you know Bible study groups and church attendance can be incorporated uh, at your choice as far as covering you know meetings every day for ninety days. So, okay, so back to what you were saying that you know the kind of the old school thing was ninety meetings in ninety days, and and, and one of the reasons that they say that by the way is it's not you really can't 
make a fair assessment of something if you just go once. Right. So, you know, one time maybe kind of, eh, another time, you may go through a week of, eh, and then all of a sudden the light comes on and you're glad that you stuck around. Right. But this is, a, this is a lot of work. What if I don't want to go to a meeting every day of the week? Well, and, and just to kind of tie into what you just said, it's like, uh, also, you know, if you, uh, what I hear oftentimes is, is I went to this meeting and people weren't very friendly when I went, you know, went in and they didn't like, you know, they didn't greet me and say hello, whatever. And, and the idea sometimes is there's so many people that come in and out of the rooms that oftentimes people kind of get a little, little, uh, they're a little standoffish because it, they're if, tired. If of, you show yeah. up, you know, three or four times, then you start getting accepted, and people, you know, kind of take you under their wing. But sometimes it, you know, it may take three or four times at that meeting to. I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this, and I, I'm here for me, and I'm serious about this. And then, you know, um, you know, people tend to uh, take you under the wing at that point. Uh, so. Uh, be patient you with them. Yeah, right. They're, they're being patient with you. Right. They want to see if you're serious. Because some of those old timers, they are, they're tired of their hearts breaking, watching people come in and out, in and out, and they're like, "Here's another one." Right. And so yeah. it, it, it's like we don't. If you're you know you're new at going to the meetings, it's like you know you're kind of scared about investing in, in something or someone uh, because maybe you're a little, you know had some problems in the past. It's the same way for people that are already in the meetings. It's like you know, let's see what this guy is going to do if they're going to come back before I start investing uh, in you bet. them, you know. So don't take it personally. Uh, just keep keep going back. And, you know, the, the, as far as, you know, seven days a week, you know, it's like, yeah, that's, uh, do I, you know, I don't want to go that often, right? You know, yes. So what about that? And I said, that's a good question. Uh, what I found works well, it took me a little while to kind of come up with this balance, uh, is Mixing up your week and incorporating not only uh, support groups, mm-hmm. uh, but service work, uh, church attendance, Bible study, wh- whatever other options, you know, maybe you're involved in some other community organizations that uh, you kind of let go, uh, get plugged club back in. So what do you mean by service work? Because believe it or not, there are people that have never heard that term. Right. So service work, uh, there are... S- there's so many different options that you can do. So the easiest uh, in the first service work that I did was uh, I, I, uh, I was a tr- trusted servant for a meeting, which means I get a key to the mm. building. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, mm-hmm. someone's actually going to trust me with a key to a, you know, a church or a, right. or a, a, an Alano club or something. Right. I'm like, geez, they don't know me. <laughs> right. <'Cause laughs> if you want to know me, you know, blah, blah, blah. I ain't giving you no uh, key. <laughs> but you go in and, and you, you make coffee and, and set up chairs and get the material, the literature out and get it all set up for the meeting. And so that was my first. Um, what did that I, do for you? What did that do for you? Like for your psyche, for your self-esteem that, that, that you feel like, like you were part of and you know, you were, Plugging in, right? Right. Well, you know, again, if we go back to the only thing you have to change is everything. My big thing was I was all about isolation uh-huh. because, you know, I was, you know, I had this mentality of everybody would just do things my way or everything would be fine. Right. Well, it didn't, it didn't work too well. I tried to do that for 20 some odd years. And <laughs> I finally decided, well, let's try something different. Right. And so the opposite of being isolated is getting out of myself and doing something for others. Right. So 
that was part that was my plan in the beginning so i had that was what i had to do so if i don't uh you know if i don't want to do that then i go ahead and do it uh before that's I, when you need to do it well yeah before i was do doing it, service right? work i was always you know kind of the guy that slid in uh right as the meeting was started and sitting in the back row oh, and, and then as soon as over. you know the <laughs> the prayer was you know barely over uh, i was there. out the door because you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm testing this stuff out. And then yeah. slowly it's like I got to do more. I got to get more involved. Um, and so uh, that's a, kind of the initial thing is it's it's kind of easy. And that went, uh, that went to uh, doing chairing uh, uh, meetings. Uh, I went back to the treatment center that I was at. In uh, Saturday's uh, outside group, or people would come in and bring a meeting, and so I started doing that on my on my uh, my unit. Right, um, and then I got involved with chairing meetings. Uh, got involved with uh, volunteering at my church. Uh, volunteered at the at a thrift store, um, and I had to do some community service hours uh, to pay off some some fines. So that was kind of a you got a, a double whammy. That it was, was a double that payoff. Was, that was good. Yeah. 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 Um, and which speaks to the fact that if if, if you're boohooing because you got some community service to do, look at it in the positive. You you have an opportunity to get out of yourself, right? Right. And this can actually benefit you way beyond w- what you can even imagine. Right. And 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 bonuses is like it le- alleviates a lot of that stress. It's like oh, I've got all this these fines. I've been in treatment. I don't have any money. Yeah. You know, how am I going to do this? And the stress and anxiety, it's like, okay, now I can work. I can, vol- you know, I can do service work uh, and work off uh, these fines. Right. And so that's kind of what I did, uh, which helped me to get connected with uh, the community and, and other things. And then it just, you know, got, it grew. I, like I said, volunteered at my church. Um, and then I ended up starting a meeting. Uh, on a Friday night because there wasn't one in our area or wasn't close one. Right. Uh, so we started that and that took off and, and, and kind of exploded pretty quickly. And then, you know, giving people, uh, being, being of service to others, you know, uh, someone called me, I go help them. You know, I had to go, right. we had to go pick up somebody from a, a wedding because they got themselves kind of uh, stuck. A L- little too much. To- well, they got a ride there and had no way to get yeah. out. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, they didn't need to be there any right. longer. <laughs> they said, I feel like drinking. And I said, we're on our way. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it, those kind of things. Yeah. Just being available. Things like, uh, you know, you're at a grocery store or Walmart and there, there's a shopping cart in the middle of a parking stall. Take that cart in, in with you when you go. Mm-hmm. If there's three carts sitting there and you're putting your cart away after you've got your groceries in your right. car, right. put those three away. I mean, that's that's serving... The guy that has to do that job, or that girl that has to do that job, um, our pa- uh, pastor at my church uh, that I attended, uh, Maranatha Assembly God in, in uh, Forsyth, Minnesota, the pastor, uh, <laughs> Pastor Mike. That was one of his things. It's like you know, mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And so now yeah. it's like every time I go anywhere and I, there's a cart there, I always try. It's to, just to automatic for you, right? Yeah. But not only that, but it show it gives an, it shows an example for other people. It does that are walking by because you know there's there's always something somebody watching. 
even when you don't think there is. There's somebody always watching. And if we're always, we have the integrity to do the right thing no matter what. Right. uh, Whether the light's on or the light's off. uh, It just helps us tremendously. And we don't, you know, we don't have to come up with any stories or we don't have to be ashamed of anything or try to work really hard to do anything. It's just. So, so I want to make something clear because there are people that have listened to this show for 14 years to to the Take 12 Recovery radio shows, uh, a variety of, of them. And they've heard me say um, that if you're in your amends process, and some people are listening aren't even there yet. But if you're in your amends process and you sold money from a grocery store, taking the shopping cart back that you've used is not making an amends for stealing what you stole from the grocery store. That's because I've heard people say, well, I make a living amends because I don't want to go to jail. So I just take the shopping carts back. That's not what we're talking about here. That's a whole different oh, thing. And that's, that's a uh, step nine is a great, great topic. And we'll, we'll dive into that when we, yeah. as we move along. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's so many other ways there, there is. that you can make a, a better amends. I mean, that. Having integrity and just doing the right thing uh, is where, where it should be. So I got a question for you, Dave. Cause, and, and I know this is in, – in, in the world we live in today, this may be rare, but maybe not. Um, you know, the internet is broad and people are able to get on the internet and listen to podcasts and like this show and so forth. They may be able to do that, but there may not be any support type – recovery meetings in their area they may not be in a AA meeting or a celebrate recovery or you know i mean there's there's even a group out there in alcoholics anonymous called the loners and every year or not every year but every couple of years when they have the world conventions they meet these are guys that are in weather stations in antarctica and, sure you know like that um but that's a very rare thing but when that does happen what do you do how do you get to these things? Well, it, it actually happens a little bit more than you would think, especially in rural areas. In rural, yeah. Especially you if know, you don't have a car or you're handicapped. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I've worked with a bunch of guys that, that have actually, you know, they said that. I, I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere and mm. there's no meeting. The only closest meeting is 20 miles away and I don't have a car. Yeah. And I don't have, you know, I don't have anybody to know that that I know that lives by that can drive me. Um, so, and there's lots of different options you can go. There's, there's a 24 hour hotline that AA and NA, uh, right. ser- service gr- or, uh, area groups have. Uh, and so you can, you can call if you look, look up, uh, uh, if you go to AA.org, yep. um, they have them. And then I think it's NA.org yep. too. Yeah. So if you go on there, there's actually, there's a 24 hotline, and um, there's also an option. And I don't know if it's available in all areas, but if you need a temporary sponsor, right, uh, you can request that. And so someone will contact you and set that up with you. And so they'll try to connect you up with somebody that's in your area uh, that's willing to you know come to, out there and pick you up. Because sure. that's and the hardest thing I think is uh, for for people in recovery that, that are new and trying to transition their life is asking for help. Right. I mean, I know I, I had that. that it is issue. hard. Yeah. And so, um, stepping out uh, and doing the opposite would be asking for help. And we, uh, when you do that, uh, you get surprised about how many people that are out there that are willing to step up 
and help you. You'll be shocked. There, right. there are people that will drive way out of their way to come get you right. because that's part of their recovery program. Right. Yeah. And so there's there's that, uh, and there's um, there's online meetings. Uh, uh, there's people that are disabled and, and can't get out. Maybe I don't have the option of right. of doing that, and, and it's a little more difficult to find somebody with a um, with a handicap accessible vehicle that can take you sure you know uh, to meetings. So online meetings uh, can be helpful. I know the treatment center that I went to, uh, they have. Uh, they have a meeting online uh, once a week. Right. I, I, I continue to get the emails on that. Um, I personally like uh, meetings in person because otherwise it just feeds back into my my old life of isolation. I can sit at home and I can type whatever I want into the chat box. Right. And that can be, you know, and people fall into that. I'm right. talking about people that can get to meetings. Right. We get a little lazy you know, and we start doing the internet thing, and then pretty soon we're back, like you said, the isolation. Yeah, so, so you listeners out there, don't fall into that trap. Yeah. Don't you know. just listen to this show. Oh, once a week I listen, I listen to, you know, Entitled to Overcome, and that's my meeting. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so and the other thing I just want to uh, touch on, we talked about, you know, uh, meetings, and we talked about, oh, that's too many, you know, every day. It's like... Uh, if you, you know, I don't want to go to, go to, you know, the AA or the NA, uh, or celebrate recovery meetings every day, uh, mix it up with service work sure, um, and, and, you know, Bible study or whatever. And even if you have to, you know, scale it back to two or three days a week, still incorporate uh, a couple of different things. So you, it keeps things fresh. Mm-hmm. It keeps you motivated and, mm-hmm. and you're like, not like saying, oh, here, you know, this is, here we go again. Right, um, and continuing to go is is so very important. And the way that I, I look at, because people say, "Well, you know, I've already I've already done the steps." Well, I mean, what does that mean? Well, I went to meetings and I went through. You know, I yeah. What does that mean? Processed right uh, those. Did you actually do the work? Did you? Well, I read them on the wall. Right, right. Doing the wall steps. Right? Yeah, the wall steps. Uh, did you actually do do some written work? Uh, maybe with your counselor. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I did it in treatment. Well, you just kind of got a, an overview of yeah to get you know to get a little sneak peek of what that looks right. like to actually be you know to work it. And change your life, and go through the process, and you know, alter things here and there. I was like, I need to work more on this, more on that, uh, with a sponsor or mentor, someone that's gone through it before. Uh, it's super important, and it's like anything else uh, that uh, that you value or you're good at. It's like if you're good at sports, if you're a professional football player or basketball player, baseball player, mm-hmm. you don't just play one game. And then color good and stop practicing. Right. You continue to practice your craft so you get better and better. Musicians, you know, chefs, yep. you know, bricklayers, any, you know, fill in the blank in order to. And they all get tired of it. Right. But they keep doing it. Right. Yeah. And eventually there's going to be some new things that come out. Right. That uh, maybe you, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, someone's yeah. going to talk about something like, oh yeah, I forgot about it. Oh, that has a different meaning for me now or. Yeah, I just kind of skimmed over that. Now it's just because of what I'm going through in life, it really connects. And so I can take and 
uh, apply that again to my life. And we we meet people in these settings that will do something that may be uncomfortable, but is so necessary. And I had I had a guy do this to me um, last night. He he just looked at me. He goes, "Oh, don't give me that. You got a resentment, and it's blaring. And we're gonna work on that one." <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "Well, I've been going to meetings for 28 years, and did it, did it." Well, let me. He was absolutely dead on right. Right. You know, and and I need that, and I'm not going to get that on a text on my smartphone. I'm just not. Right. Yeah. So uh, we had a couple of people write in. Yes, we did. Listeners write in, and uh, I wanted to address it because I think it's important that you know we honor those people that that trust us enough and spend their time uh, listening uh, to what we have to say, and hopefully it it helps them with their life. So. the first person that, that wrote in, it says, Dear Monty, Dave and Monty, after hearing your show last week, I felt comfortable enough to write in and ask, why do you think so many people that attend church are so judgmental of those of us in recovery? Every time I go back to church and start, start to get to know other women, the subject comes up that I'm in recovery and the tone of the room always changes. Mm. I never feel like opening up after that. I don't want to keep shopping around for a church home. Any suggestions? Wow, and that was uh, that was Lisa that wrote in. Thank Lisa, you, Lisa, thank you very much. Great question, and thank you uh, for trusting us with your concerns. Yeah. And first, I, I want to say that I'm sorry that you that you've had that experience. Um. So, I was thinking about this and, and maybe reflect back on uh, my early days in in my process. Um. So I I believe that. Uh, there's there's times that people, whether in or out of the out of a church, may not know how to respond or or respond in a, in a, in a how to respond in a proper way to people in recovery because yeah. you know they often have an experience that's maybe uh, not n- pleasant, <laughs> not pleasant, <laughs> uh, right? Because we can all go back and relate to uh, sure. the damage we've caused in, in our you know in our behaviors and our addiction. Or they just don't have any knowledge, and some people are, you know, kind of on that mindset of, you know, why can't you just stop? Sure. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just, uh, you know, they don't know what they don't know, right? right. Yeah, it's, it's just a moral issue, you know. You just, just need to stop. Why can't you just stop? Uh, and so that's, it's a little, it's a little hard. So, uh, more often than not, like I said, it's, it is a lack of knowledge. So I would say, don't let these people get to you. Uh, in my Recovery journey, and I was blessed to find a church family that was uh, is deep uh, with people in recovery uh, or are have been recovered. Uh, so how that that happened is that I started out my recovery by going to meetings every day, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm a good like uh, it's it's all or nothing, right? Right. And ninety meetings is good, but meetings every day for almost two years is even better. Uh, and that's, but that's what I needed. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't meetings every night of the week. So I had to, I had to come up with some other options. And, and one of the options included, uh, a faith-based 12 step group, um, that, uh, it was at a church near where I lived, uh, later became my home church. Um, uh, the church also offered self-improvement classes, and I was able to build relationships 
with the group members uh, in the in the twelve step support group, uh, and it turned out that half of them, or probably more than half of them, were involved in various uh, ministry and uh, you know administration uh, positions in the ministry, and so it was a good way to kind of get my foot in the door and and know these people and start to feel comfortable at at, at this church. Uh, which I, you know, eventually, uh, soon after that, ended, ended up becoming a member and gotten involved in a whole bunch of different uh, yeah. uh, ministries. So my suggestion is to try something different. Um, look at faith-based recovery groups at, at a church, at your church if they have them, or a local church in the area. Celebrate recover. recovery is, an, is, a, is another option that... Um, a lot of people find helpful because you incorporate that uh, the faith part of it, and um, yeah, the people that are there are in recovery, so they they tend not to uh, judge people. Right, uh, right. They tend to that be a little say more they're in recovery. You right, know, it's like, right. oh, welcome, you're in the right place. And there's there's a lot. There's celebrate recovery. There's alcoholics for Christ. There's overcomers outreach. There's reformers unanimous. I mean, there are there are really quite a few out there. Um, and you can, uh, just, just so people know, yeah. we have a resource page at Take 12 Radio. If you go to Take12Radio.com and click on Recovery Resources, we got a plethora of wow. different support systems that you can look for. But you'll find a home. You yeah. will. Don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. Yeah. And the, the, uh, it, it, it go, looking back on, on my own, my own experience, I know I, uh, before I came to Oregon, I was in, in Minnesota. And I know in the Twin Cities is a huge recovery community. Shout out to Twin Cities. Yay, Twin City. Uh they have, you know, recovery churches where everybody there is in recovery. <laughs> right, right. And uh so you can't go wrong there. Um they even have uh K twelve schools. Yeah. You know. That, that's wild. Uh, mostly high schools, but you right. know, for people that are that are in teenagers and in recovery. So um yeah, if you know, if you have, have that, I don't know if you're in that area, but there are options out there, um, and I hope uh, I hope that helps, uh, uh, Lisa, and appreciate uh, you writing in. Yeah, very much. And so, I, if I could ask listeners, please let us know where you're listening from when you write in, uh, especially if you're looking for some feedback. Yeah, because then we can give you resources. If you're from a certain area, we may be able to hook you up with resources right. in that area. Yeah, exactly. that would be great. You had another one, right? Yeah, there's there's another one here. Uh, it says, uh, "Hi guys, can you explain uh, the difference between addiction and chemical dependency?" That is a really good question. Uh, that came from Tyrone. You know, great question, Tyrone. It's <laughs> uh, sometimes people that get confused about this. Like, it, sometimes you get they may say it's the same thing. So I just wanted to clarify clarify this with you and give you a uh, give you a good answer on this. So uh, on uh, drugabuse dot com, it's uh, the NIH uh, website, uh, National Institute uh, of Health uh, says, uh, "Is there a difference between physical dependence and addiction?" The answer is yes. Yep. Uh, Addiction or compulsive drug use, despite harmful consequences, is characterized by inability to stop using drugs. Uh, using a drug, failure to meet work, social, or family obligations, and sometimes, depending on the drug, tolerance 
and withdrawal. The latter reflect physical dependence in which the body adapts to the drug, requiring more of it to achieve a certain effect, uh, otherwise known as tolerance, and uh, eliciting uh, drug-specific physical or mental symptoms. If a drug use is abruptly ceased, uh, that's when we, uh, we experience some withdrawal. And that's ugly. Yeah, <laughs> can be. Uh, physical dependence can happen with the chronic use of many drugs, including many prescription drugs, even if uh, it is taken as instructed. A lot of people are uh, dealing with that with opiate. Like the accidental so, addict, for instance, that's given, never right. had a problem before, right. right? had to have a hip replaced, whatever, Right. and bam. And the doctor's doling out. Yep, opiates with uh, like candy. So you, you know, even if you're taking them as instructed, there there can be a physical uh, dependence. So a physical dependence in, in it of itself does not constitute addiction, but it often accompanies addiction. This distinction can be difficult to discern, particularly with prescription pain medications, for which the need for increasing dosages can represent tolerance or worsening underlying problem as opposed to the beginning of abuse or addiction. And that's uh, drugabuse.com. So I hope that helps, uh, Tyrone. Um, and let us know if uh, if this uh, information uh, uh, helps at all. And uh, we really appreciate your feedback. So a person can, a person can actually move from taking, let's say, opiate-based pain medication... To, and move into abusing it because of chemical dependency, but not be an addict. True? True. Because there's a lot of other things that tell us what it, being an addict's about. Right. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people get that confused. It's like pe- people, just like we've all heard it said, in, you know, in meetings. Well, I used to think the alcoholic was a guy with, you know, a brown bag under the bridge. Right. There could be a guy drinking wine every day with a brown bag under the bridge, that doesn't mean he's an alcoholic. He may be an alcohol abuser. And so there, we have these different ideas. So it's questions like this that that spur these discussions and inform. And right. that's why there's, it's so important to write in. Please, please don't hesitate to to write into the show and to, uh, to email us with your questions. And again, I'm going to echo what Dave was saying. Let us know where you're from, the area that you're from. Um, so if you need any resources, we can help. Good deal. Good yeah, deal, I just, uh, yeah, it, you make a great point because I know I got, I kept, uh, I was stuck in my uh, addiction for right. for so long uh, because I, what lack of education was probably the most part, but it was like, you know, I have a job. And sure, I'm, you know I'm, um, I have a, a house to live in, and I have, I'm functional. I'm paying my bills, yeah. right? You're functional. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the it, so I had this, but I had this physical dependence. I I mm-hmm. drank twenty four seven. I mean, I had a a glass of vodka uh, with me at all times. I was up to the point where I was drinking a gallon a day. Wow. And uh, you know, prior prior to that, I was you know drinking every day and and using meth and. Uh, trick myself because I thought, you know, I'm not a, an addict or an alcoholic because I'm still functioning. I'm not the guy under the bridge. Right. Right. Um, but I had 
all of the signs of addiction. So not only the physical dependence, but I also had the addiction because my life was falling apart. There was lots of consequences going on, and mm-hmm. I was just holding together my life with duct tape and bailing wire. Sure. Hoping things didn't <laughs> fall apart, right? I got this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a deception. It, it really truly is. Uh, you got stuff you're going to be talking about next week, too. We don't want anybody to miss out on the shows. Here's the really neat thing about all this stuff. You can download these shows and save them for later. Uh, and, uh, you know, you don't have to take up your data or any of that kind of stuff. Dave's going to tell you how you can uh, listen to the shows as well. Dave, how can they do that? Well, Monty. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, you can listen and download any of our shows going by going to take 12 radio.com. That's uh, the number 12 and clicking on follow me on Potomatic. Once there, you can donate, uh, download, donate, donate. You can do that you too. Do that too. <laughs> uh, download our app for Android or Android or iOS, uh, Apple. You can comment on the shows, love us or hate us. Uh, suggestions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Definitely love to hear from you. You can also listen to the, uh, to the shows on our YouTube channel. Simply go to take12radio.com and click on the YouTube icon. Uh, click, and click. I hear some rumor that we may have some video. We may. We're working on it. Soon. Yeah, we're working on it. Uh, and if you uh, would like to send us an email... Our email address is take12radio at comcast.net. That's the number 12. That's the number 12. Yes. That's take12radio at comcast.net. Yes, indeedy. Well, listen, Dave, thank you. Any closing thoughts before we do our closing song? Just, uh, you know, be, be easier on yourself and uh, take it one day at a time. All you can do is, is one day at a time. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Amen. Amen to that. All right. Our closing song is by a gentleman by the name of Johnny Lang. Have you ever heard Johnny Lang? Oh, yeah. yeah good oh, yeah. old Johnny. Yeah. This uh, this is a very moving song. It, it was sent in uh, by a good friend of mine, uh, Jamie Ross. And uh this was played actually at a memorial service uh, for someone that he loved, and it it, it just it it just really really kind of puts you in your place, and you realize just how great God is, and and uh, it's very humbling. And it's called "Only a Man." This is Johnny Lang.
up singing songs in church with questions in my mind then turned my back and ran away from God who gave me life then one night his presence fell I wept and shook in me I fell down and cried dear Jesus rescue me again I understand I am only a man and he said what will it be now will you choose me or keep swimming If that don't move you, there's not that's a whole pretty, lot that's gonna. It's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Hey, listen, until our next broadcast, this is Dave Fleming. Hi, Dave. Bye, Dave. <laughs> and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you because, listen, because of what he's done and what he does, you are entitled to overcome. See you next time. Be blessed. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.